Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Clean Simple Free Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Alexia Fox. I hope January has been treating you well so far, and as this month draws to a close, I hope you're looking forward to the days ahead. Over the past three weeks, we've discussed a lot of content relating to living a more eco-friendly lifestyle. And while mindfulness is a big part of minimalism, and there will certainly be more content about conscious consumerism in the future, I thought we'd bring it back to basics over the next several weeks and discuss how to organize and remove the clutter from every aspect of our homes. This is episode 18, and it's all about decluttering your paperwork. Just a quick trigger warning because I care about my listeners. This topic does discuss how to deal with papers after suffering a loss, and it contains content relating to the loss of a pet. It's not gruesome or graphic, but in case you're going through a similar loss of your own, there is content related to this towards the end of the episode. Paper clutter surrounds us and accumulates every day. We may come home from work with a stack of documents we need to take care of, or maybe just a handout from a meeting we attended. We check the mailbox, and there's more paperwork. From junk mail to utility bills, we can always count on receiving our daily dose of papers from our mail carriers. Medical records, school schedules, pay stubs, and even our treasured family photographs are all paper clutter that we have to sort through. So how in the world are we supposed to catch up on organizing this ever-growing category when we're inundated every single day by a new barrage of paperwork? This can be a very daunting category, I know, because I just finished decluttering all of my paperwork and it was a lot of effort. But not to worry, I'm here to guide you through it with some pretty easy-to-follow suggestions. The first tip I have for you is this. Gather up all the paperwork in your home before taking on this challenge. This is a crucial step because there are so many areas in our home for papers to get trapped, and it's important that we have everything in one place in order to sort through it all effectively, all at once. Keep this in mind when you're ready to tackle this project and go through every drawer and each room in your house until all of your paperwork is in one place. Go ahead and check the car too, because I can't tell you how many times I've found random documents hiding out in the glove box of the car. There are so many items in this category that it can be hard to decide where to begin, so let's just start with checking the mail. This is something we do on a pretty regularly basis, so as soon as you open the mailbox, sort through the things in it immediately. Chances are half of it is going to be junk mail, credit card offers, and coupons that you will never use. These can all be recycled right away. If there are bills due, pay them as soon as you can, and also see if there's a paperless billing or auto pay option that you can select through your company. That will cut down on the amount of physical clutter that you see in your daily life. Once we get into the habit of tackling the mail as soon as it comes in, it becomes second nature and very easy to skim through what's important and what's trash. Organizing is a habit that you build over time, and just like with any habit, it gets easier and easier the more you practice it. 
My second tip would be to have a designated spot in your home for all your paperwork for when you're finished sorting through it. I keep my paperwork divided between two places in my home. Firstly, right by my front door, I have a two-tiered mail holder for documents to file, bills to pay, and things to mail. It works like an inbox and an outbox. Fair warning, do not let this become a catch-all. Wherever you choose to designate your papers, it can be pretty easy to just stick any paper that you find into that spot. Do not do this. I've been guilty of this before, and it just creates more clutter for you to sort through later. Ideally, we would all pay our bills as soon as they come in and file our documents as soon as they're received, but it doesn't always work out that way. Maybe you're tired and you just do not feel like filing your papers. Maybe the place where a bill is due has already closed and you have to wait till the following business day to take care of it. But just try and make the effort to take care of these things as soon as possible because it makes it that much easier to keep up with the constant influx of papers. The second place in my home where I keep papers is a lightweight plastic lockbox. This box is portable and has a few files in it containing the more important and long-term documents that I have. Let's talk about these important documents. These are the things that you must keep. Things like the rental agreement to your home, life insurance policies, birth certificates, and W-2 forms are all things that may commonly fall into this category. But there may be additional items that you can let go of and don't actually need to keep. Product warranties and instruction booklets, for example, are things that can typically be thrown away. Marie Kondo discusses this in her book, and she makes an excellent point by saying you can always contact the manufacturer or look up the product information online if you need help troubleshooting the item you've purchased. We live in such a digital world, so it really is easy to let go of a lot of papers since we can easily access information online. There are probably documents hiding in plain sight that you deem as important, but can completely let go of. To give you an example, my car insurance agreement was 56 pages long. It took up a lot of space in my file box, as you can imagine, but because it was my car insurance, I filed all 56 of those papers because I thought I needed them. When I was sorting my file box, I noticed that on the very first page of my car insurance agreement, I was instructed to keep exactly two papers for my records. I was shocked that I was holding on to this amount of paper for over two years and never even noticed that I could recycle the other 54 pages. If you have questions about your benefits or the more detailed, finer points of agreements like this, The information can be accessed through the company's website or by contacting your insurance representative directly. I don't know a single person who has sat there and poured through their auto insurance agreement at any point in time after the initial receipt. As far as tax documents and W-2s, according to the official IRS website, you only need to keep your W-2s for up to four years. And tax documents, like proof of returns, can be discarded after three years. However, if you file your taxes online, all of those digital documents are stored already. I've used TurboTax for years and years, so I can access my records through the site if needed. 
You can also digitize these documents yourself. I love an app called CamScanner. That's C-A-M, like camera, scanner. And it works as efficiently as a scanner, except it's through an app on my phone. This is a free app that I've used for many years, and it's served me well for documents and even photos. It creates really high-resolution scans and totally eliminates the need to own a scanner. When I was researching some of these things for the episode, I came across several articles online that recommended keeping pay stubs for up to a year. You may need pay stubs for various reasons, health insurance purposes, or proof of income if you're moving, but again, think digitally. If you're signed up with direct deposit through your place of employment, you can show or print out your direct deposit history through your bank. If you don't have direct deposit, pay stubs can also be scanned and digitized manually on your phone or your computer. If you're like me and you use your phone more than the computer because you're always on the go or you like to keep things easily accessible, I'll say again that CamScanner is a great free app that I highly recommend. Now, let's talk about debt. This is not a fun topic to discuss, but it is a necessary one. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you'll know that I've moved around a ton in the past decade. So I actually had a file of papers from small debts that I had rung up when I was younger, broke, and a bit irresponsible with my bills. Things like late fees on utility bills or maxing out 150 bucks on an in-store credit card. Since I moved around so much, I wanted to keep these papers so that I could keep track of any old debts that I owed. Some of these documents were from way back in 2010, and many were duplicates from the same credit card company. Now, delinquent credit falls off of your credit score after seven years, and even though I was fairly certain that I had either paid off these debts already or that the time had already elapsed, I wanted to make sure I wasn't throwing away something important or something that I still owed money on. There is an incredibly helpful website called annualcreditreport.com that is federally verified, completely secure, and free to use. It shows you an up-to-date credit score and any debts that you owe through Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, which are the three major credit companies in the U.S., You can use it for free once per year, and it will show you everything from soft inquiries on your credit, like if an employer or landlord has run a background credit check to process an application, and it'll show outstanding debts and everything in between. I was very pleased to see that the only thing on my credit report was the current credit card that I use and a small medical bill that I was not even aware of. So it was very satisfying to get rid of all those old debt papers that I had hauled around with me from house to house. So check out annualcreditreport.com and you may be pleasantly surprised to find that a weight is lifted off your shoulders and that you can throw away a potentially large amount of documents. Plus, it's just nice to be proactive and keep an eye on your credit. Let's talk about duplicate items in our files. I have three pets, two of which are on prescription diets, so it's important for me to keep track of their immunizations, any procedures they've had, and prescriptions. However, when I was sorting through my vet file, 
I realized that I had copies of rabies vaccinations for the past three years. In my state, it's required for your pet to receive a rabies shot once a year, so that means that I had two years of extra documents and two years of extra rabies tags that were completely unnecessary. So I was able to discard those items with no hesitation. You can apply the same principle to any duplicate records for immunization records for your kids, to a yearly HR packet from your place of employment, or any duplicate records and only keep the most current ones. It's best to keep the newest policies in case something has changed. It's not going to help you out if you're referring to an HR packet from 2018, if you have one from 2020 that you can refer to. Things that should not be discarded are wills, life insurance policies, social security cards, birth certificates, vehicle titles, and any other hard-to-obtain or irreplaceable documents. You can use your own discretion to accurately decide what you need to keep and what can be let go. These are the types of items that I store in my lockbox, along with things that I don't tend to look at daily, such as my lease agreement and new checkbooks. There may be special situations that call for keeping more records than the average person, such as if you own your own business, you may need to keep more receipts and records or keep documents for a longer amount of time. My dad started his own business when I was young, and I remember there was a pretty large amount of paperwork that he held onto for his company. If you're a business owner that needs to keep track of things to a more detailed extent, do a little bit of research and check into the different time frames for W-2s, invoices, etc. Because I know that's a huge undertaking and does require saving quite a bit of paperwork. Like I always say, everyone's on a different path, so just tailor these suggestions for what is right for you personally. I have more paperwork tips for you in a minute, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. And welcome back to the episode. Another thing to add, you do not need to keep used checkbooks. That is what online banking is for. As soon as your checkbook is empty, you can recycle and throw it away. I always thought that these were important because I saw my dad hanging on to these, and he probably had his reasons if they were company expense related, but this is a habit that I carried into adulthood, and it wasn't until recently that I realized I personally have no reason for keeping my used up checkbooks, especially when I can view my checks online and even print them if necessary. Let's move on as we wrap up this episode to what is possibly the hardest category to sort, and that is sentimental items. Photographs, movie ticket stubs, pins, and postcards from various vacations, these are the items that can add up really quickly and weigh us down. I keep mementos like this dispersed between a small shoebox and one photo album. In this category, I'd like to start with a difficult topic, and that is sentimental items after a loss. Maybe you lost a loved one and have letters that you cherish from that person. Maybe you went through a painful divorce or breakup, but still want to keep some photographs. Maybe you still have the vet records from when you had to say goodbye to a pet. These are not documents. 
These are memories, and they can be incredibly painful to run across in your daily life. In this case, I would suggest keeping these items in an envelope or folder so you don't run into them unexpectedly on a daily basis and feel that sense of grief that follows a loss of any kind. To give a personal example, I had a manila folder with the name of my cat, Wolfgang, printed in large letters across the top. He was the first pet of my own that I had. I raised him from seven weeks old and he passed away at a very young age of seven due to a heart condition that his breed is prone to. It was totally unexpected and extremely painful to go through. And that folder was so hard to sort through even two years later. I kept every scrap of paper from that time, from vet records to receipts to pamphlets on dealing with grief after losing a pet. I even kept the receipt from when my fiance and I stopped off at a restaurant after saying goodbye to toast to Wolfie and drink to our loss. But I realized I had zero desire to keep the receipt of all the tests he had to go through, the oxygen he was on during his final days, and the detailed list of euthanasia injections. There was no joy in that folder. There was only sadness and loss. I got rid of all of it except for a sympathy card from the vets and the vet techs who cared for and got to know him over his final days. And (laughs) the brochure from the place where his cremains were processed. I still have those items concealed in an envelope, and I realized the photos of him over the years and the memories that I have of him made me happy. And I'm sorry, this is like my third time trying to record this. Um, Any pet parent can probably relate. So the photos and memories made me happy, but those medical papers did not. And as soon as I placed those things in the recycling bin, I felt instantly lighter. So the moral of the story is that if you do not find happiness in the things that you're holding on to after suffering a loss, once you've had time to process your grief, go through those things and keep only the happy memories. There's nothing wrong with placing photos and notes in a file or folder for a time if you don't want to become overrun with emotion by running into them in your daily life. It does not mean that you're demoting or forgetting about your loved ones. It's just that death or loss is terribly difficult to deal with. And the goal is to have a happy home and to remember the people and the pets who have left us with fondness, even if it's bittersweet. You can always bring out the photos and mementos when you're ready. Okay, so I know I got kind of heavy there, but unfortunately, like debt, death is unfortunately one of the icky aspects of life that we have to deal with. So let's shift the mood and move on to the fun mementos and keepsakes. Uh, For the record, Wolfie has basically an altar in our home that our other two cats look up to. He has his ashes in an urn that are very Egyptian, so he has a sacred place on the bookcase. So, keepsakes. These are things like event tickets and brochures, 
postcards, and even childhood drawings and journals. This applies to your own journals from when you were a kid, as well as if you're a parent and you're going through drawings and journals from your children. Eventually, I will dedicate a full episode to keepsakes, but for now, let's stick with sentimental photos and paper objects. These items can be really hard to evaluate because they hold so much sentimental value. You can go through each object all at once, or if you have a large amount of these objects, you can always divide it into smaller categories such as photos and notes, whatever method works best for you. Decide which items truly mean a lot. That sounds very broad, but look at the item in a greater context. Can you even remember where you picked up that item or the memories they held? I used to have a horrible habit of hanging onto every wristband from concerts and taking do not disturb signs from overnight vacations at hotels. But when I went through those items, I honestly couldn't remember which events the wristbands were from, and I had no idea if the hotel signs were from anniversary trips, from visiting family or friends, or any identifying factors related to the trip itself. In my opinion, if you lose the original memory that that object was assigned to, then it loses its value. This is a habit I no longer keep, but it did teach me a valuable lesson. As far as notes and cards, I did mention this briefly in season one in my gift giving episode, but if you give or receive a birthday or Christmas card that just says, happy birthday, I love you, that's a message that may as well have been delivered verbally, and then the card itself has no value. This may sound cruel or cold-hearted, but just think about it. If we kept every card from every loved one over the years, it would take a huge box to contain them. However, if there's a personal note or a message that makes you smile written inside that card, or even if you just really like an especially cute card, keep it. I have handwritten cards from my grandparents and friends and drawings from my siblings when we were little kids. These things make me happy and add value to my life. You can use the same discretion with drawings or notes from your kids as well. As a parent, it can be hard to part with these objects, but you could always scan and digitize them or save only the ones that have the most significant emotional value. A hand-drawn photo holds more value than a coloring book page. Take the time to look at the physical things you bring into your home and try to really evaluate whether it's something you saved impulsively or if it really is an item that adds value and beauty to your life. And over time, we can change our habits in the future so that we don't accumulate unnecessary objects and are no longer burdened by physical items. I hope this episode has inspired you to go through your paper clutter and downscale to only the essential documents that you need and the mementos that truly mean a lot. Don't worry if this process takes a few days or several days, depending on the amount of paper that you have in your home. It can take a while, but the payoff of having a photo album filled only with things that you love and a file box with only the documents you need is worth the time and effort spent on this project. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. The support from listeners like you really does make a difference in helping this podcast continue to grow. If you listen on a platform that allows you to leave ratings, if you have a moment, leave a five-star rating or review. It really does help to support this podcast. Plus, I just like hearing from you guys. Tune in next week for more decluttering tips. And remember, clean spaces make for a more simple way of life. And when your life is simplified, your mind will feel free.